0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 869 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This is the third episode in our Type 2 Diabetes Pro Tip series. And today, Jenny Smith and I will be discussing your medical team. While you're listening... Please remember that nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. And don't forget, this is episode three. Episode two was type two diabetes pro tip guilt and shame. And episode one was type two diabetes pro tip series intro. So we're up to three doing well. Actually next week, Fueling plan, the week after that, tech, and the week after that is testing, like what you'll ask your doctor to test for. It's coming together very nicely. I hope you're enjoying it. Still much more to come. Don't forget, if you are a listener of the show, everything you buy at cozyearth.com is 35% off when you use the offer code juicebox at checkout. So if you're looking for some sheets or joggers, I actually really love the joggers. Um, My sheets are great, too, but those joggers are excellent. CozyEarth.com, 35% off at checkout with the offer code JUICEBOX. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Doesn't matter what kind of diabetes you have, Dexcom is the way to go. Dexcom.com. Forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also brought to you by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. You need a great blood glucose meter, you might as well get one that's actually accurate and easy to use. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. There are links in the show notes and links at JuiceBoxPodcast.com to these and all of the sponsors. When you click on my links, you're supporting the show and helping to keep it free and plentiful. Hey, Jenny, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Scott?
0: Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. Yay! So, right before we recorded, you and I kind of went over what the next step was here, right? We've already recorded like an introduction to the series, we talked about guilt and shame, and then we said, do we talk about technology and and medications and insulin next, or do we talk about what might happen when you get to the doctor's office next? Like, What's the path that this story should take in the series? And we came down to, we're gonna talk about medical care first. Yes. All right, so there's some stuff here from people, and we will will definitely go over it, but I think I wanna talk to you first about this. So I'm a person who has type two diabetes, I'm listening to this. I've decided I'm going to do something. I'm going to do – I mean, what I'm trying to think of what the average person is going to do. They're going to call their general practitioner and ask to get a physical probably?
1: Correct. Typically, or if they've got – if they've had enough – types of symptoms kind of building up that they're concerned about, they would call with a specific concern, yeah. right? Not just to get a physical, but like, I think something's going on. I feel like this. I don't like how I'm feeling. Um, I'm tired all the time, etc. I think I really need to come in. And many adults get into the habit of not even going for a yearly physical,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because I'm healthy. I feel fine. I might get a cold once a year and everything is totally fine and I'm up to date on everything. So what do I need to see my general practitioner for? Yeah. Then you start feeling nasty. And many adults with a busy life, they put off that, I'm not feeling quite right. And they put it off and they put it off because there are many things as an adult that we're trying to manage day to day and overall. Mm-hmm, hmm and so you end up not taking care of yourself for a longer period of time than is probably appropriate yeah, right.
0: and you're sliding you're sliding so slowly down that hill in many instances you don't recognize how far you've kind of gone correct yeah it, i it,
1: mean i think you know as a as a preventative quite honestly if anybody takes anything away it really should be even if you don't have diabetes go to your general med- medical provider once a year, get your base labs done, mm-hmm. get them done, get them evaluated, have a discussion, family history, all of those kinds of things, they should be being reviewed. Yeah, Because if you can catch a change in glucose levels, as we're talking about diabetes, if you can catch that earlier, I mean, what is it? I think the statistic is one in three Americans- right now has prediabetes.
0: Mm-hmm. How's that defined?
1: So prediabetes is, if we're looking at glucose levels, um, you're looking at fasting levels that are above 100 but not in the realm of diabetes. And if we're looking at A1C, which again is a parameter that I think it should just be added. If, with this yearly visit, every single year, you should just have an A1C thrown in there, kind of like they throw yeah. in cholesterol and you know your complete panel. Just throw the A1C in. If we can catch and have somebody know, well, goodness, this level has gone up. It's not where it used to be. Um, pre-diabetes is defined as the A1C um, 5.7 upwards to 6.4. Anything above 6.4 is diagnostic of, of, of diabetes. So you've got this, this window of ability to navigate management. Again, the problem being that many adults have put off a lot of their own health care unless something really yeah. doesn't feel right. And sometimes that's, you're well beyond pre-diabetes at that point.
0: What are some things that I can see in my home that I don't need to go to a doctor for? Like, I'm trying like, do you get tired after meals? Like, what are indicators that your blood sugar is high? Like physical indicators for people, not type ones, right? Like, is there anything I can like say to myself, geez, maybe this is an indicator for me, or do I need to do the testing even just to know?
1: So pre-diabetes, the unfortunate thing is that there are not really signs or symptoms, honestly. It really would involve testing. I think those who who may be concerned already, have had some testing done, everything looks like where it should be, but if you really want to keep up with it, get a simple glucose meter from your pharmacy and just do your own random testing. And this would go because we know that type 2 has a genetic component to it. Um, This would go for those who especially have a, a strong family history of type 2, or maybe have some metabolic things that they already know about that could potentially predispose them to diabetes.
0: So what blood sugar am I looking for and when do I test?
1: Yeah, so fasting blood sugar should really be, again, under 100, under 95 in somewhere under 95 to 100, right? That's a fasting level. Um and that would be without diabetes, which is the reason that in diabetes we focus on that. We're like, "Oh, my fasting was 80 today. That's perfect. That's right where I want to be." Um <laughs> and then, you know, in in terms of of diagnostic, then we not only often look at an A1C level, but also lab work that kind of goes along with that, right? Um So blood sugar levels in the aftermath of meals, if you're doing any of your own testing, really, and they shouldn't be rising above that 140 mark, honestly. Um, They should be kind of coming right back down on their own. Um, So those are some of the things that you could be looking at. Again, if you are someone who is trying to pay attention and stop it, before it gets to a diagnosis of type two diabetes.
0: All right. Well, okay. So now I'm motivated, and I'm going to go to my doctor. Now, here's some feedback from people in the in the in the group. The okay. standard of care for type two globally is terrible. It goes like this: metformin, <laughs> long-acting insulin, eat better, finger wagging. That's it. You, you know. Uh, so. I know a number of people have type 2 diabetes, so I'm sort of culling all of my knowledge from my private conversations with them. I'm going to make an amalgam of these people and talk about it, right? They go in. They don't know they have a problem. We've already gone over this, right? There's no real symptoms. They find out they have this issue. And then what happens next is scattered and... They leave more confused and scared now on top of being confused, right? Before they were like, I'm fine. Then they get in there and they're like, oh, it's not fine. I have prediabetes. I think I'm going to get type 2 diabetes or I have type 2 diabetes. And they get a meter and no direction and they get told to eat better and come back in six months and we'll see if this gets better. That's about it, right?
1: That is – that's the best in a nutshell – 100% correct. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it it is. Because consider going to the doctor, even if it's just a random once a year, Mm. right? And you think, I'm feeling fine. I don't think there's anything going on here, right? And diagnostic for type 2, not just pre-diabetes, is fasting levels above 126, which... In diabetes, we're like, man, my blood sugar is 120, Woohoo! <laughs> right, you know. Um,
0: type type so, ones are like, I'll take that. <laughs> right, I'll take
1: that or, you know, I mean, and some people are like, oh, 120, I got to like go take a walk, I have to get that back down or, yep. you know, whatever your targets are. But in type 2 diagnosis or diabetes diagnosis, it's a fasting above 125, 126 and above, right? Okay. So when we're looking at going to that doctor – Maybe you did have some fasting levels done. Maybe there wasn't an A1C in it, but there was a fasting level done. That should be an instant discussion that the doctor brings up. Hey, your levels are here. I mean, many times they focus on the lipid panel or like your cholesterol panel, right? Oh, look at this and they want to add these medications in and whatever. But the other ones are very important. And glucose, I think, is I don't want to say that it's missed, but I think it's it's too coded over. And it's not explained well. So the doctor who spies it and says, well, gosh, your fasting is here. Let's have you come in again and do another fasting level. Or, hey, this level means that you could have type 2 diabetes. And in order to best evaluate, let's get an A1C done. This is what the A1C means. This is what it will show us. And so you can see all of the steps of discussion that should be given to the person, just from one test result, you can't necessarily prove. However, something like an A1C would be very, very beneficial because that's, as we all know, a good overall of how your glucose has been managed by your body for a bit of time already, yeah. not just this one point of time fasting level.
0: So so what's gonna happen, right, is that people are gonna be told, eat better that's it's going to be very simplified they're going to say you got to eat better meanwhile you might go from actually eating perfectly well to not knowing what the hell that means like you could run that gamut anywhere but what i see when i speak to people is that they go home and they do eat better and then they come back to the doctor and nothing's changed most of the times and then you get that like hands up in the air feeling or you or or you get put in a position where you're a person who really doesn't eat well and now in your mind, you're picturing three little crowns of broccoli and a quarter of a chicken breast with a little right. pepper like sprinkled over it. And you're like, wait, that's how I have like, you know what I mean? And then I right. talk to people who do that. They do yes. that. And then it doesn't matter because, right. you know, like that's not the whole answer.
1: Right. And, well, and, and what know. does what does what does better in any sense mean? Benny better is nondescript.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It doesn't give you any good avenue to follow to improve in one way or another. So, mm-hmm. eat better. Well, gosh, doc, do you know how I'm eating already? Right. I'm already trying to do this and this and this. And I might have one Friday every other weekend that I do something with my buddies or, you know, I go out with my girlfriends or whatever. But in general, I do think that I'm doing pretty well. I think that what ends up happening in adult diagnosis is that you are, given this information, it's very lacking in education.
0: And they're based in assumptions.
1: They're based on assumptions that right. you can say, that the doctor can tell you, go eat better and, and go get active. The doctor thinks that as an adult, you you know what that means, mm-hmm. right? That you can take that and you can run with that information. But as you know, those with type 1 really know, we need more information. So someone with type 2 who has lived a lifetime thus far into whatever age of diagnosis as an adult you've gotten to... You're looking at a significant amount of change and not having anyone point you to where to start. That's very frustrating. Right. And so you might leave, you know, in terms of what, what can you ask, right? When you are at your doctor's office and they say, well, you know what? Your your levels are looking like this and it looks like you have type 2 diabetes. Okay, doc, what does that mean? Point me to some resources, Right. Am I going to need some medicine? Uh, these are all questions that, unfortunately, you as the person, you have to start asking.
0: Yeah. yeah and a lot
1: is, of people don't.
0: Yeah, this is the time where you, you think to yourself, like, why am I listening to a conversation about type 2 diabetes with a guy who's the father of a type 1 and a lady who's a type 1? And, and you know, well, right. first of all, Jenny's also a nutritionist, but that's, you're, you're, you're listening to us because we know how to advocate for ourselves. And Correct. And because that that's where that's where the big differences between type 1 and type 2 become important. Type 1 diabetes, you get it. You're dead in three days if you don't take care of yourself, right? So you have to figure it out. And then like it or not, most people don't get decent direction with type 1 diabetes either. So you go home and you're like, ah, this is on me. Like I got to, I gotta mm-hmm. I have to figure this out I have to read about it I have to find somebody who knows it's you get into a mad panic to figure it out you know
1: either that or the person with type 1 especially as a caregiver or as an even as an adult diagnosis of type one a lot of people are they beat down their doctor's door yeah they say right. this is not working you will call me back you will respond to this mm-hmm. what can I do different where can I get more information they are again I think Advocates Advocating in a way that means they're requiring someone to respond to their questions. Unfortunate with type two is again the way that somebody's sent out the door with a diagnosis, it's almost as if you're just given this little bit of information, but it, it's okay if you if you just take what I gave you and you eat, eat better, right? Mm-hmm don't worry about it. There's no definition to when to come back, where to seek out additional help. What does your medication even do? I'm telling you to take this and do this this many times a week. What does that even mean? How am I going to feel from this? So these are, these are all the questions that I think from a, an angle of type 2 diagnosis, you have to take it on yourself and you have to go back to your medical team and you have to say, so you've told me to do this. And I started with these base things. Like you said, I've cut down in my my eating or I've portioned better or I've started to take a walk three times a week when I have some time. And how do I measure that this is doing anything, doctor?
0: Hmm. How
1: do I know that this is making a difference, well, right?
0: That's, that's what I was saying earlier. It's one of the biggest problems is that when you, have, when you have type one, you'll know you're not doing well in a few days when you slip into a coma and you're in DKA, right? Um, but type twos don't have that, happening in that moment so you might go along just the way you like you have to really think about this before you got to the doctor and did the blood tests you thought you were okay how would you like to know what your blood sugar is without poking a hole in your finger you can with the dexcom g6 continuous glucose monitoring system which is available at dexcom.com forward slash juice box Not only does Dexcom offer zero finger sticks, but you can get your glucose readings right on your smart device. That's your iPhone or your Android. Don't have a phone? That's okay. You can use Dexcom's receiver. On any of these devices, you're able to set up customizable alerts and alarms, setting your optimal range so that you'll get notified when your glucose levels go too high or too low. And you can share this data with up to 10 followers. Imagine what that could look like. Your child could be at school, and their data could be available to you, your spouse, their aunt, the school nurse, anyone who you choose. My daughter's been wearing a Dexcom forever, and it helps us in multiple ways. Around meals, we're able to see if our boluses are well-timed and well-measured. If they aren't, we can tell by how her blood sugar reacts, and then go back the next time and make an adjustment. Without the Dexcom CGM, we're sort of flying blind, but not just at meals, also during activity and sleep. The Dexcom offers us an unprecedented level of comfort and security. Being able to see my daughter's blood sugars in real time, and not just the number, but the speed and direction, is an absolute game changer if you're using insulin. Dexcom.com forward slash Head over there today to see if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. The Dexcom is at the center of how we've been able to keep our daughter's A1c between 5.2 and 6.2 for over 7 years. We've been able to minimize variability and keep her blood sugars in a stable range because of the information that we can see with the Dexcom. These are our results and yours may vary, but using Dexcom's feedback has helped my daughter, without any food restrictions, live a more normal and healthy life. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And guess what? In about three weeks, Arden's going to start using the Dexcom G7. So I'll be able to report back about that just as soon as we have some information. Okay, so you've got your CGM. You're all set with your Dexcom but you still need a blood glucose meter, right? You're going to have to check your fingers sometimes. The one the doctor gives you might not even be accurate, but you can know, you can trust in your soul that the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter is one of the most accurate meters you can find. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. couple of cool things about the Contour meters. One of them is that they may be cheaper in cash than they are through your insurance. That goes for the test strips as well. And those test strips have second chance testing, meaning if you kind of touch some of the blood, but don't get enough that you don't ruin the strip or the accuracy of the test by going back and getting more blood, you got a second chance. Those strips, that meter, all the meters, check it out. Go to my link, contournext.com forward slash juice Click on buy now. It's orange and blue, and it'll take you to a number of places online. Links of that is to a number of places online where you can pick up the contour meters. Places like Walgreens, CVS, Meyer, Target, Rite Aid, more. You'll see it there at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Get an accurate meter. Then you get the blood test, you find out you're not. But then when you go back home again, things sort of go back to like the way they were. Correct. And as you get farther away from that doctor's appointment, you start feeling like, I'm okay. And then so you don't know that things are either getting worse or not getting better until the next time you think to call the doctor to make an appointment to get more blood work, which no one wants to do. It can go six months or a year sometimes. And then you find out I'm either no better off or things are sliding further And, and, and exercise, listen, it's obvious, you know, we all need exercise. Like, like, right, Like that's fine. But people have lives and they, some people just don't exercise very much. Some people don't have the money to buy decent food and some people don't know what any of this means. So you didn't know before you get to the doctor, you find out you're in a situation. You still don't know anything different. The guy just said, eat better exercise come back and see me sometime get yourself a meter you have to dig in and figure out what this means like you have to decide like am i going to be the one that takes care of this or am i going to sit around and pretend this isn't going to get worse right and and i'm here to tell you it is going to get worse
1: because there are a lot of if you, you kind of said it the right way it's like you you've given this you've gotten all this information but on your end now it's up to you unfortunately it's up to you to go and look for mm-hmm. more like what does this mean and there are there are a lot of good resources for type 2 diabetes management i mean the internet is endless right? right it is an endless wealth of of information where you get the information from could be great or not so great but there there's a lot of good information but if you don't even know what you're supposed to be looking for. Again, it's it's a sense of confusion and frustration. And you know, I think we we talked about it before, like this sense of, well gosh, I've I've Now I have this to take care of. Clearly I've not done anything right. It's like a, it's a self blame and you feel bad about it. And you're not, you know, maybe you've got a family to take care of. And now you've got also this thing to take care of for yourself. And it's another load on the pack of stuff that you have to manage. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Shame and and guilt, the shame and guilt pile on. And it just, and, and, and I think here is the place to say, like I've done this in the type one series and, and in the in the podcast. And I just think it belongs here too. I don't think people know why it matters that they have diabetes. I think they know that diabetes is bad. And then they relate it to people being overweight. And then they relate it to something they saw happen to their grandparents, right? Like nobody right. really understands. There is a certain amount of glucose that should be in your blood. And mm-hmm. when there's too much, it begins to rub inside of your body, everywhere blood glows, the tiniest little veins in your eyes, arteries, everywhere, everywhere. There's a coarse glucose in there and it's rubbing. So just think of yourself as being sandblasted from the inside out. Like there's a certain amount of glucose that your body can deal with and there's a certain amount not. So when you hear somebody say, "Um, oh, my grandfather lost his leg to diabetes, you don't really know what that means. You know, he, right it, when you hear somebody say, uh, "I had a heart attack," or he had type he had diabetes and he had a heart attack. He had a stroke. Right. He doesn't see anymore. He can't feel his fingertips. All these things that you hear, it just means that the glucose inside of your blood, which was too much for it, was rubbing, 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 and it causes. And I like the way you describe it better. It causes little, like you t- we talked about it one time, where kind of like like what's this, like it causes here. like
1: little abrasions right. inside, right? And so your body then has to 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 patch them, right? Right. It has to heal them. Your body is a really good self-healing machine. So it sees all of these scratches, if you will, um, and it wants to put a Band-Aid on it. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is if you don't take steps in your life to improve the glucose levels, your body will continue to get deterioration in the vessels, on the nerve cells and everything. And your body will continue to patch and patch and patch. And so, you know, I know people can't see me like my hands getting closer, but if you imagine a vessel as it's sort of narrowing, the reason that heart disease is a big part or could be a a complication with diabetes is that the more vessel level damage that there is, the more narrow the vessels get from all of the healing and the patches that the body has tried to help. yeah. And so now your blood pressure goes up and now cholesterol levels go up. And all of these pieces, it's like a snowball effect, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just try to imagine a three-inch pipe and it has a hole in it and you slap some putty in it and then it starts leaking again, you slap in more putty and the 20th time you slapped in putty, nothing can go through the pipe anymore. High yes. blood pressure, right? Blood's yes. moving through that pipe. You're restricting it. You're increasing the pressure of the blood in your system, high blood pressure. Like, yeah. This is just, it, here's the thing. Diabetes untreated in a type one is going to, it's going to get you way before these things can happen. But in type twos, this is, this is where you're on your way to. It just, it just is. And you're not going to, it's not going to stop on its own. So you mm-hmm. have to step up and do something. And when you run into a doctor who's giving you banal bullshit that isn't going to help you, and they just are running you back out of the office again, you can't just go, "Well, that's what the doctor said, so I guess that's okay." Because right. the doctor won't be there when an artery in your heart gets blocked, or when your vision starts. That to doctor get weird. won't. No, 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 no. You'll get a different <laughs> doctor then who will right. say something to you like, "Oh, did the last guy not tell you about this?" which right. is not going to help you. It'll be fun. You will be easy to be mad at somebody and to blame somebody. But if you really right. want out of this, you got to do what you need to do. And that's why in, in future episodes, we're going to talk about technology and medications and insulin, because it, it, from my perspective, when I think about me, if you told me right now, I had prediabetes and I, I went and did the things that I was supposed to do and I came back and nothing had changed. I would immediately go to getting help because yes. until I can turn this ship around on my own, I don't want it to take on water. Like that's how, I, that's how I would think of it. I would go immediately to keep me as healthy as you possibly can and slow deterioration as much as possible. Right. Yeah.
1: And and there are, and that's why I think the word advocate, right, becomes really important. Any in any time you go to your doctor's office, even if it is just for your once a year checkup, you have to be ready ready to advocate for you. Hey, doc, I've noticed this, or I I seem to have this. Well, the doctor then, in terms of what you've brought in, should say, Well, gosh, it sounds like you should see the eye doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing quite as well, or my night vision is going. Well, okay, let's go get that checked out, right? But if you don't bring those pieces up to your doctor, then the doctor can't provide back any further suggestion. And so with type 2 diabetes, um, advocating by saying, well, gosh, you've told me to do these things in this first visit. What does it mean to have high blood sugar? Yeah. The doctor should be able to answer that for you, right? right? And uh, on a very base level. And what, hey, doc, what should my blood sugar be? You said that it's high in this lab result that you have in front of you? Where should it be? What am I aiming for? So these are questions that you may not know to ask. So right. hopefully, you know, hearing this, you you may know better Yeah, I, I want <laughs> and you- or you can help somebody, you know, you can teach somebody else. Right. I
0: want you to be ready with questions and know the answers to the questions already. Otherwise, you'll accept anything that's told to you. And I'm telling you, you are going to get advice that sounds like, uh, I, I don't know, like, hey, doc, I have this cello here. I don't know how to play it, but I want to play Bach. What should I do? And the doctor's going to say something like, oh, you should sit down, take the bow and play Bach and skip a (laughs) lot of the stuff in the middle. And and, and so you're going to get a lot of, it just sucks. Like, I don't know another way to say it. And if doctors are listening, I'm sorry. Like, I know you think like, oh, there's a lot of doctor hating going on in here. Well, guess what? Do a better job. You you know, like, I, I think the problem is, is that for a lot of doctors, not all of them, they're gonna see you with your type two diabetes coming and they're just gonna do the same thing everybody else does. They're just people and they're just gonna assume that you didn't live right and this is basically something you've done to yourself. But that, listen, it doesn't matter. That may or may not be true. None of that matters now because here we are, right?
1: Right, and we need to take care of this now. And so from that level, you know, the, the doctor's job, if there are doctors listening, certainly the doctor's job at that primary care level is to be a, somewhat of an advocate in sending you out to the right person then, mm-hmm. right? They should say, I don't know how to tell you how to check your blood sugar. Okay, but I want you to do it. So here are the education programs or here is the diabetes educator or here is the dietitian that I'm going to send you to for some baseline information. Yeah. They should have those as references and resources to provide to anybody whether they ask for additional education or not. That should be on their prescription pad of I've prescribed this medicine, I've prescribed this glucose meter, You also need to go and get information Mm -hmm. because I can't give it all to you. And I think even on a level of admitting that, I think many, many people hearing a diagnosis from a doctor would appreciate that that doctor says, I don't know much more about this. I have a baseline amount of information to provide you. These are the people that are going to help you navigate this in your life. Yeah,
0: yeah. You have to so. go find other people who already have succeeded at it. It's no different than anything else in the world. You have to look ahead of yourself and say, "Who's on this path doing a good job?" Like, right. I got to go find out what they're doing because, you know, maybe their ex- maybe their situation's not going to be exactly the same as mine, but there'll be a lot for me to learn, and then I'll go find someone else who's having success and learn from them. You right. can't you can't learn from people who don't know and you can't learn from people who are failing at it. Like you need to find someone who's Doing and I know failing and succeeding are bad words in healthcare and everything, but this is what we're talking about here. Like, like y- you don't have forever. We all know that, right, Jenny? Life doesn't go yes. on forever. No. Yeah, unfortunately. Plus, once yeah. you're sixty, your knee hurts anyway. This is the time. <laughs> like, get in the game. You know what I mean? Like, like, this is this is the part here. Also, you have to realize that if you find a doctor who is gung ho and is like, no, no, no we're going to stop this thing in its tracks. Here's this and this and this. Now here's the next thing they don't tell you. That pill might make me nauseous. It might have me in the bathroom forever. That's Correct. not that doesn't make you feel good about taking the pill. And right. and so you're even if you run into somebody who who knows what they're doing and knows how to help you, you still have to understand what's about to happen next. Mm-hmm. And is that supposed to happen? Is it supposed to happen to this degree? Should we be changing the the amounts, the frequency, etc. You, I, I know this sucks, um, and people with type one who hear this will just know that this is part of their life. But this is a thing now; it's a thing you're in charge of, mm-hmm. and and you you need to understand it. You need to stay on top of it, and you need to be the captain, like piloting the ship. Like it's just right. you can't let anybody else do this for you. And right. because they're not going to be there, it's where you start seeing overlap in the conversation. And if you have type 2 diabetes or pre diabetes, you don't know this, but Jenny and I are sitting here looking at each other. This is where the overlaps with type 1 start coming in. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to, you need to go out, get the information. You need to be paying attention to the outcomes of what you do. You need to be yes. thinking about what could be adjusted here. Um, it, it, the time of you um, skipping through life is... It's kind of over now. So yeah, now you're in charge of something right. important, you know? Right. So,
1: and that's, that's hard for, as I said much earlier, from a lifestyle angle, this is a lot of adjustment. And when you're already, as an adult, especially when you're already on a routine of doing things a certain way and it gets you through your week and you make it to the weekend and then you've got other things that you have to do, you have to learn how to work this in. And unfortunately, it's not a, well, I'll learn how to work it in in a couple of weeks when I've got time, kind of like straightening up your office three weeks from now when mm-hmm. you've got time. That's not how the, no. <laughs> not how this works. And I'm not, I mean, it's not funny, but it makes me laugh a little bit because honestly, it's it's like a here and now, you have to start making a shift and a change. And I think that's why the very simplified information the doctor gives you is like, well, just walk out of this office. And just change up a bunch of things. But it's downplayed to the degree that eh, it's not really something it's, to worry about yeah, too it, much. Yeah,
0: they leave you feeling like it's not that big of a deal. Right. And then, and from the perspective of other people I've spoken to, then it goes on for a while. And one day the doctor looks up and thinks, I nah, have a guy has been coming in here for two years and nothing's getting any better. Then they look up at you and yell at you. And they're like, you're going to die. You're like, wait, what the hell? Like, what? Like, you gave me a meter and you told me to eat more chicken. Like, now I'm dying? You know, like, it's just, it's.
1: Or the addition of so many more medications. Like you said, you know, you've come in, you've come in routinely, you know, for the past two or three years. And while the doctor might now be looking at some baselines of numbers, well, those numbers aren't improving. Okay, well, as we all know, A1C, again, is it's an average. It doesn't show day-to-day what's happening. Right. So unless you've got finger stick data or unless you can advocate and coverage is okay for you to get a continuous glucose monitor, all of these pieces could show the doctor that while he or she has been adding more medication, that hasn't been helping. So there's got to be something else to provide rather than just loading you up with more medicine.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna tell you right now, I the the insurance system works the way it works and people's money is what it is. But you make yes. me the king of the world if you're not regul if your body doesn't regulate your blood sugar well, you get a glucose monitor, a continuous glucose monitor. You're wearing a Libre or a DEXCOM or something like that if you put me in charge because it just teaches you so much faster. I see how this food impacts. I see what this medication did. I see what my exercise did. I see what my better sleep does. Like it all it's right there for you. So, yes. Yeah, if you have good insurance, uh, argue.
1: If if exactly, if you've yeah. got a good insurance, absolutely argue from the start and it's knowing again, do you know enough to argue? Mhm. This is why I think this information is so important so that if you are more newly diagnosed or you're not, and you didn't know what to argue for, and you're thinking, well, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Yeah. Gosh, I could have a lot more you know, beneficial information, um, but I didn't know to even ask for it. Right.
0: And, and now it occurs to me to say a continuous glucose monitor is a device that you wear and it's measuring, this is boring for you, but it's going to measure the glucose in your interstitial fluid. And on a receiver or your cell phone, it's going to show you constantly where your blood sugar is. The number, if it's moving up, if it's moving down, how fast it's moving up or how fast it's moving down. And then eventually these, you know, these plot points give you a graph that show you the last mm-hmm. three hours, the last 12 hours, last 24 hours. And there's so much to learn from that. So yes. like, while we're sitting here telling you, learn about your diabetes, the easiest way to do that is to wear a glucose monitor. If you told me today I had prediabetes, I don't think the doctor would get it out of his mouth before I said, I need a Dexcom right now. Yes. G- give it to me. And right. so- um, and, and there are
1: that- there are some platforms too that even they're they're like the weight loss types of platforms now that are using some of the continuous glucose monitors just from an overall health like visibility they mm-hmm. they're not even specific to diabetes they're just hey get a continuous glucose monitor and use it with our weight management system so you can see how the effect of all of these things in your life what what's happening
0: I'm recording soon with a um a person who uses, talks to people about how to use a glucose monitor just to see the impacts of the food on their life. Not people who have diabetes, but for other health reasons. Yeah. And it's just, I'm telling you, you have to, I know the word advocate seems boring, but you you really you just have to fight for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just, you have to, like, I'm going to kind of end with this, then I'll let Jenny say what whatever she wants to end with here. But my daughter's walking around now, 18 years old, She is 16 years past the day she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Her A1c has consistently been between 5'2 and I used to say 6'2, but now she's in college by herself. So between 5'2 and 6'5, she lives every day. She's not afraid of her diabetes. She's using her insulin when she's supposed to. She manages her food and her activity and her illnesses. And I am telling you that she is in that position right now because of two things. She's in that position right now because of how seriously I took it when she was diagnosed, and because of how seriously she took it as she got older. Mm-hmm. It's all about—I don't know. Like it's like it's probably like trying to hold a tornado in your hands if you're a giant, right? <laughs> but you can try, right? Like, yeah. It it, it's not easy, um, but it gets easier. It's not in the beginning. It is not something that will make sense to you, but you can make sense of it. And right. then it's not something fun. Like, nobody no. nobody listening, you know, was like, oh, I know how my life's going to go. I'll be great at T-ball, and then I'll go to school, then I'll meet a girl, then I'll go to college, we'll buy a <laughs> house, we'll have kids, we'll probably get a dog, I'm going to get a car, the car I always wanted my whole life, those kids will have kids, it's going to be amazing, I'll go to Florida, like, I know that's what you thought was going to happen, <laughs> or some version of that, you know, my, people are probably like, this guy's idea of life is very boring. Like, so me... <laughs> But 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 okay. But like you had some path that you thought you were going to go on, and now suddenly in the middle of it, somebody's like, "No, you have diabetes." These other things still can happen. They can happen exactly the same way, except now there is an amount of your of your bandwidth every day that's going to go towards this. So you are going right. to have to you are going to have to give it to it, or you don't end up in Florida at the end, right? You, you know that's and, all.
1: And you know, I think you bring in it's sort of like a. It's a behind the scenes to what you're saying, honestly, because I've said before nobody would want to live in the land of Jenny um <laughs> except for Jenny I think what, what's happening because about? there there are so many things that you know everything you just said, all of these shifts and changes, unfortunately, from a light they're a lifestyle perspective shift and yeah. from from what we know about type 2 diabetes, there are many lifestyle things that we could be cleaning up in terms of potential prevention. Does that mean 100% prevention? No, it does not. No. But there are a lot of lifestyle things that you will end up learning you need to shift or change that are not well described by the doctor. But had we started with them earlier in life <laughs>
0: Yeah, you might right? not be here now or maybe it right. would have happened later or less severe like right. I, I think there's there's this thing we're always going to be talking around that we don't want to blame people for their health no right no, no, and, no. And, yeah. and we certainly don't want to but you should know that somewhere everywhere there's a person who stands six feet tall super handsome nice and lean very athletic blah 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 and has type 2 diabetes yes right and yes. that same body style has type 1 diabetes and yes. somewhere there's a person who needs to lose 150 pounds who has type two diabetes. There's also or doesn't right, and there's also somewhere a guy who needs to lose 150 pounds who's never going to get diabetes in his entire life. Like, yes. like the problem is, is that our brain shifts to building a person in our head visually that we think looks like didn't take care of themselves, and that is not a factor here. Like, no. and, 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 but but for the person, it is a factor for. It is a factor. It that. is a factor. Right. But it's not <laughs> it's a factor for yes. everybody. Like you can be you can be wildly overweight and healthy. You can be wildly in shape and have uh, medical issues. Have
1: problems. Right. Absolutely. There's
0: trying the point is is that the rhyme or reason to all that is bullshit except to the person who it isn't. So if right. you're a person who eats poorly and you know is, you know, I don't know, just eating food that you probably shouldn't be eating. And you're carrying extra weight, and you have type two diabetes. Well, then here are the things that we can fix, you, right. you know. And at my, right, point, you have to
1: take the variables you have the ability to control.
0: Yes, yeah, and you also have to get rid of the, I don't know, like the pompous thing of like, well, I'm in such great shape, I can't have diet. Well, yes, she can. So, right, yeah, metabolic, metabolic, right. Like it's just, it's what it is. Yes. So, I, I think that, I think that I want people to. Because I always come down on the side of when we start talking like this, of like, I don't want to blame anybody, mostly because I don't think it gets us anywhere. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like we're in the point now. I obviously, this is a podcast. You listen to a podcast. You could easily turn on another podcast that would say to you, like, you're having problems with your health. You know, I mean, what would they say? Like, who rows the boat? You get out there, run 19 miles. Eat, eat that piece of chicken the size of a Bic lighter. That's your day. Yeah, you can do it. Like, I don't think that's reasonable for most people. No. Like, like I just don't. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so here we are. We're in this situation. Just because I'm not the person who's going to run up the beach every morning at 4 a.m. doesn't mean I deserve to die. No, right. Right? Like, yeah. I, I I get a life too. So here's the ways to get to that. Like, you don't need to right? be perfect to be healthy. And you don't need to be perfect to deserve things and i think that i don't know like i've just i've had some conversations with people specifically who have type 2 diabetes and it feels like it can feel like they're like well i did this and now this is what i get and i just don't think that's the case and i don't think it needs to be so Mm -hmm. we're going to try to get you through that in this series
1: yes
0: All right. I'm sorry, Jenny. Somehow I was upbeat and a bummer at the same time. (laughs) I said sad things in a happy voice and it was confusing even to me. (laughs) I got got sad. I don't
1: think it was confusing.
0: I just, I think about people in my life who are in this situation and there are some of them who are not doing anything about it. And I don't think it's because they can't or because they don't want to. I think it's because it's confusing and no one's helping them
1: right it's a lack of information and it's a lack it's a lack of knowing where the right information is or even where to start looking honestly and so again from the standpoint of your medical practitioner advocate and ask for more information because i guarantee you know while doctors are educators in a in a sense they are not an educator they are not there to sit for 45 minutes and teach you that's not not their job either that's not their job and but their job is to provide you with information about where to get the right stuff to navigate with and so they should have references and resources again Diabetes education classes, especially for type two diabetes, there are a series and a number of um, education like hours that you can have within a a, a year's time based on insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things you may have to ask for them, yeah. but don't be shy. Don't be shy about asking for them. Say, "Hey, doc, great." I think you've given me some information. Now I know what I have. I know why I've had, you know, some blurry vision. I know why I've had to go to the bathroom a lot more, you know, I'm more thirsty than I ever used to be or whatever it might be. But now I, I don't know what to do about that. So can you send me to somebody who can teach me? Yeah. You have to ask.
0: You're in the game. You're in the game now. I know it it used to be I broke my arm. I went to the doctor. He put a cast on it. I came back in six weeks. He took the cast off of it. The doctor did the thing. I didn't feel yes. good. I went to the doctor. I cut my hand. I had a cold. Uh, there's a lot of resolution in those relationships, right? Yes. A thing happens. You meet the person. The person resolves it for you. It's over. This is not that. No. So this is different. You're 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 a you're a real adult now, and you're sick. You know, there's something, <laughs> and, and it's and it's on you. And you yeah. know, it's funny. I'm getting ready to see um, a new doctor, and I've been building a list in my head. And I literally just went back to when I was young, and I started writing down everything that's ever happened to me. I'm like, I don't know how much of this I'm going to tell them or not. But I looked and I thought, how the hell am I standing up? Like, like my shoulder, my knee, my this, my that. Like, And I look back and I think, like, this is where that song came from, the – something something i never promised you a rose garden uh what is that oh. song you know what i mean like my <laughs> my expectation was my shoulder wasn't going to stop working during my lifetime but here we are yes. and so it'll either hurt and it won't work or i will figure out the best path to get it fixed but i'm not just going to show up and tell somebody and they're going to wave their magic doctor wand over my head and it's all going to be over. So you have diabetes, take care of it. That's what I got. Now I'm frustrated. I'll talk to you later, Jenny. <laughs>
1: okay. Sounds good. Right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you.
0: <laughs> First, I want to thank Jenny for coming on the show and sharing all of her knowledge with us. Jenny works at integrateddiabetes.com. You can check her out on their website. I also ooh I also I also want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Find out what your blood sugar's doing, how fast it's doing it, and what direction it's going in. And of course, you need, you want, you desire an accurate blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Check it out, please. They're fantastic. If you have type 1 diabetes, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You have to be a U.S. resident, have type 1, or be the caregiver of someone with type 1 to take their survey, but that survey helps move type 1 diabetes research forward, so please go check it out. Don't forget, if you're a listener of the podcast, 35% off your entire order at cozyearth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, and... BetterHelp is a sponsor of the podcast, and they're offering my listeners 10% off their first month of therapy. It's a great deal. I hope you can check it out. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. Now, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service that is 100% online. They have over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists. They can help you with a wide range of issues. All you have to do to get started is hit my link, answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy, and that way, BetterHelp will be able to match you with the right therapist from their network. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. You're going to get the same professionalism and quality as you expect from in-office therapy. And if for any reason your therapist isn't right for you, you can switch to a new one at no additional charge. Do therapy on your terms. Text, chat, phone, video call. And you can even message your therapist at any time and then schedule a live session when it's more convenient. So if you're looking for someone to talk to, check out BetterHelp. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.